the one thing I would say is don't work for free. Yeah, 100% devalues what we're doing. Welcome to Careers in Fashion. Hi everyone, my name is Rachel and I work with the Graduate Futures team here at LCF. Today I am joined by Matty, a current LCF student. Hi everyone, my name is Matty. Uh, I use uh, any pronouns um, or you can just refer to me as Matty, which is better. Um, I'm country, currently studying um, 3D effects uh, for performance and fashion. Um, I myself am more of a fabricator, um, mold maker and prop and costume maker in general. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it for me. Today, uh, we are joined by our wonderful guest speaker, Amy Easter. She's a proud LCF alum and currently the CGI Global Production Manager at Hogarth. Uh, today, we'll be talking with Amy about her wide ranging career uh, in costume design, 3D modelling, CGI. We'll be talking all things metaverse, uh, AI skills and transferable skills you need to get involved in the industry and uh, what our graduates will need to know to get involved in the industry. So Amy, hello. Um, do you want to tell us a bit more about yourself before we get into the nitty gritty? Hello. Um, yeah, lovely to be asked to do this today. So thank you ever so much. Um, I do owe a lot to the London College of Fashion and I've stayed in touch throughout my career. Um, anything that I can give back, really, really happy to do because it was a fantastic course and I had fantastic tutors. So, yeah, always happy to um, work with students and, as I say, give something back to, to the university. How, how did you find your trajectory from uh, being a student to going into the industry? And like, how, how did you find that and how did you manage that like in the first, in the first years, like post-graduation? Um, do you want the truth? Uh, oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I I really didn't think that I got on very well in my third year and it was really, really tough. And I thought that I wasn't particularly well liked at, at university. I had some really good friends. I've got friends that I still went to university with. But I think you're so absorbed in what you're doing and you're in this bubble and, you know, you're going through some real massive life changes at that age that um I just thought what am I going to do and like panic had set in um then I got my results and one of the tutors said literally a week after I'd graduated I've got a job for you and I just oh, couldn't believe it and I was you know desperately applying for things and this was in an era before costume was even on people's radar everything was about fashion Alexander McQueen was kind of hitting the headlines that it, it was just everything was about that kind of era of fashion and I really really wanted to go into costume so when the tutor approached me and said we've got we have got a job lined up for you I was just absolutely stunned I couldn't believe it so I went to work with a couple um in Ealing and they kind of they took me under their wing and I worked in their house for more than a year on everything and anything. Um, so from Harry Potter right the way through to an opera in Essen in Germany. Um, and I just 
gave it my all. It, w- it was just the most amazing thing that could have possibly have happened. Um, and the one thing that I would say to students is if you really want something, you've just got to keep going and keep going. You know, and I did when I graduate, I had the belief that I was going to go into the industry. And I'd say out of my year group, there's probably seven of us. So the course at that time was split into makeup and prosthetics. And you could choose the different routes into costume or into prop making. Um, and prop and costume kind of ended up being hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, w- I was absolutely amazed. And that was my you know, first step into the industry. So I have a lot to, to thank that tutor for. But obviously, you know, when you're when you're actually in it, you don't realise, you know, the way other people are looking at you. You just become absorbed in the bubble of your degree in that final year. You know, so you don't have that awareness, I think, at that age either of, you know, how you're perceived by other people. Yeah, definitely. I think that's something to sort of keep in mind for our students that there's a lot going on outside of yeah, your, your university degree, your final project be yeah be aware be aware of how people are perceiving you because it seems like that is what really gave you your first opportunity which is you know sounds really really exciting and really um sort of got you got you going and on your way um yes um sort of focusing a bit more on your early career um uh looks like you worked on star wars as well really soon after graduating which again must have been a really really exciting but also quite intimidating opportunity um, could you tell us a bit more about that and your experience um, working on Star Wars? Well, after I, I left the freelance world, I actually went to work at the Royal Opera House in Covent Garden. Hmm. Um, and that's what then led me on to working in Australia. So um, I had a year's visa, working holiday visa. Um, so I was scared of my own shadow, I suppose. You know, I'd, all, I'd been to uni in London. I then had worked at the London College of Fashion in London. And I'd, I'd travelled quite a lot with my family, but I'd not actually broken away from, from that life. Um, so I then had a friend who was a doctor and she had to do a placement in Australia. So she said, would I go with her? And this is in the very, very early days of emailing. So I wrote to um, the Sydney Opera House and I said... Is there a potential work opportunity? I hadn't seen anything advertised at all. Um, it was just because my friend was going. Um, and they literally wrote back a week later and said, can you tailor and when can you start? So, again, I was just absolutely flabbergasted <laughs> um, because I didn't think I would ever hear you know, anything. It was it really was in those early days of emailing where sometimes people replied, sometimes they didn't. You know, you were waiting for the dial up and your dad was shouting, saying, get off the Internet because I want to use the phone. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I just peeled off this email. um, And the next thing I knew that we were on the plane together. So she did her work placement out there and I had the working holiday visa. So I then worked at the Sydney Opera House for three months because you could only work in each job for three months. And then um, found out that Star Wars was being filmed. And I I did some traveling in between those two jobs, but I just constantly wrote to different people that I knew were working on the film and wrote to the supervisor every single week. And then eventually I got an email saying, um, 
could you come in and interview? So I had my portfolio and everything with me during the trip. So yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. So I then worked on the film for for three months. I didn't expect my name to be in the credits because it was such a short stint, but it was there in the credits. So was my face on the DVD extra. (laughs) But I mean, it was very, it was intense because I I was really glad that I was away from my family um, and friends because it was six days a week, 15 hours a day. And it was, it was really, really intense. Yeah. It sounds like being, being determined and sort of not taking silence as a no seems to be a a key element to to getting opportunities sort of in the early career. So that's, um, that's a good thing to sort of uh, take, take to heart. Um, how vital would you say like these experiences in your early career were to your career journey? Um, and do you have any additional um, early careers advice for our students and yeah, where they can sort of find these opportunities? It sounds like it is just find an email address and just keep on knocking on the door. I think it is perseverance. If you really, really want something, you've just got to go for it. But as I said, it, it was in the really early days of people being interested in costume. I think there's so many more people in the industry now, but it is just it's being determined and going on, you know, in any career, in any field. If you really, really want something, you've just got to keep going and going. And I've said that in talks before with students that, um, you know, just just don't give up. And also don't be it's a it's a time where people are going to give you a lot of their time as well because once you've graduated I think while you're a student it's really important to get as much experience as you possibly can because that's a key time where people will give you the opportunity and you know give you give you lots of information not everybody I would say but you know a lot of, a lot of people will want to help you in your career um, and then when you first graduated I'd say just you know just listen to people's advice um, I've always taken work experience and promoted having work experience in in the companies that I've worked for and then gone on to employ some of those students. So I think the earlier that you can start aiming for your career pathway to be foraged um, or forged, um, you know, that is that is the real time to do it. And you think you've got no time now, but when you actually start work, you have very, very little time in your life. So um yeah now now is the time to do it. I mean that's very exciting from from what I from what I heard um and I guess like speaking of like what 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 is something about your work or like your career currently that excites you and and makes you want to go to work or like go or, like be ready for the day starting in the morning like ah today's you know this day or or today I'm doing this not obviously not specifics cuz NDAs and whatnot but um like what Generally, I guess. Um, well, I now work in the field of CGI and virtual reality, and that industry is moving so fast. We're researching the metaverse and how fashion and avatars are going to influence um, different brands. And I think um, at the moment, it's just a really, really exciting time to be part of that industry. So although now I'm not making a physical product, my career is always been guided through innovation and technology so I think that's now why I've ended up at this point in my career I mean I do miss making a a physical product but 
I've got lots of transferable skills and the artists that I now work with are absolutely fantastic. So I think it's a very supportive environment to be working in because nobody will turn around and say to you, why don't you know that? Because it is moving so fast. Everybody's learning at the rate of knots all the time. So, yeah, I think that's why I enjoy the industry that I'm in at the moment. Doesn't mean to say that I wouldn't ever go back into making a physical product. It's just it's just the way that my career has grown at the moment. So, yeah, I, I think that's why it's it's the people that really have made the jobs for me over the years. And, you know, being in that supportive, collaborative environment, I, I love working in teams and, you know, I've led teams all over the world and remotely. So it's having that real collaboration, which going back to LCF, a lot of the projects that you work on without you even realising um, quite often mean that you do have to collaborate. So you're working with a makeup artist or prosthetics or props. So, you know, those those projects are set up for a reason. It's not just because the tutor decides that she wants to put you all into little groups that day. You know, it really, really does lead you into what the real working life is going to be like. Stemming from that, can you tell us some more highlights from other areas, areas of your career and perhaps some challenges that you faced and how you overcame them? Well, one of the highlights is, was working for the Merlin Group. Um, so I was the figure production manager for Madame Tussauds. So I costumed their wax figures in the world with a team of really amazing costumiers um, and prop makers. That that was a really, really fantastic experience. So we produced them all in London and then they were shipped out wherever we were opening a new attraction in the world. And so I would go out with a team of mm -hmm. artists. So that would be a makeup artist but for the wax figures, a costume team, hair, moulding, and then we'd work with the local people who were then going to take on that attraction as the operational team. So that, that was a fantastic experience. We were in different countries for at least three weeks at a time. One year, I think I was away for five weeks, um, not five weeks, five months, um, oh, wow. working on different projects. So it was, I can't remember what was in that year, but it was something like, Orlando, San Francisco, um, South Korea, Bangkok and Vienna. It was something like that combination, but um, it, it was absolutely fantastic because we were sent all over the world. One day we were doing the Johnny Depp figures and there was going to be a global launch and customs had taken out all the animal products that were used in Johnny Depp's costume. So we were talking about feathers, um, bits of bone that had been found. So we, we never used any anything that was fur, but um, any any other items were found, like, like as I say, the feathers and the um, seeds. But customs saw that as an issue, so they removed anything from oh and, and wood. So anything that was natural was taken off of his costume. So I got into work that day and my boss said to me, do you want to go to Bangkok tonight? So I said, yeah, OK. <laughs> so I had to go home and get my passport. And then they flew me to Bangkok. So I did have that one night in Bangkok. And 
um you know it's just exciting things like that that actually you know really really make your job you know i i no two days were the same working for madame Tussauds. um it, it was absolutely fantastic experience does that answer your question sort of <laughs> i think so uh i'm interested in the the jump that went from physical costume to now working in the world of CGI, like how how did that come along and how how like cause your career obviously has like evolved and developed through that and how like how <laughs> that that's the question. <laughs> um, while I was at Merlin, I was set a project that was how would you innovate a wax figure? So we had been basically producing. The figures from Adam Tussauds in the same way that she had for 200 years. I was managing the costume department and the mold shop at that time. Um, so I, I was set the project to innovate the, the wax figure. So we were looking for 3D printing companies that we could do a prototype of one of the figures. Um, so I, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say. I probably can't. I probably can't say who it was we used. But it's a very, very famous person, but it's no longer with us. Um, so um, there was also, in conjunction with that, a project called Little Big City. So they were dioramas. Um, so we had to 3D print the figures. So I was then tasked to find a team who could use. 3D printing software, so marvellous designer. Also finding people that had that costume background who could then say, we know how that fabric is going to fall onto a figure. Um, I mean, these, these figures we're talking about five centimetres tall, but we still needed to get the right look for the clothes and for those figures to then sit within the diorama and be believable as a historical scene. So it was it was Beijing was was the second one that was opened. So then that then coincided with the innovation project, which was to transform a, a, a figure for Madame Tussauds. So they then started to 3D print the bodies. Unfortunately, the material that is used for those figures and 3D printing is very, very brittle. So fiberglass has got a lot of movement. So when you're then dressing a figure, it's easy to manipulate that body into a jacket. Whereas what we were finding was with a 3D print, it was it was cracking the bodies. So we weren't then able to to roll out that that final figure, which we were hoping we were going to be able to do for recasts. So they, they can do it with standing figures, but it's just if you've got a very complicated outfit on a figure, it, it 3D printing didn't work at that stage. Um, so really, it was that final project that then led me into what I do now, which is if you see a car driving through Wales in an advert, it's never going to be the real car because they haven't actually produced it yet. So we pull the CAD data from the engineers um, of various car brands and they are building those cars from scratch and then taken into um, stills and animations. 
they needed a production manager that could manage a team of very, very young artists who had basically come straight out of university, professionalised the department and work with production managers. So very, very, very similar skills in production. Um, just everything is now in virtual reality. So I suppose it's the managerial side of what I went on to do. Because um, I had to make a decision whether I was going to stay productive, as it were, and hands on, or whether I was going to go down a managerial route. So I suppose that's where I had that crossroads of, <clears throat> am I going to stay as a production manager or shall I go back to the actual craft of making? How does that compare to each other? Like, how does the managing side of it, I guess, compare to the to the actual making and being being there side of it? It, it is very, very different. Um, my job is not creative at all anymore. But it does mean that I can do my own projects. So I can I've, I've started to in, enjoy is probably the wrong word, but, you know, I can absorb myself in projects at the weekend rather than it being a busman's holiday of thinking, oh, actually, I don't want to make that dress at the weekend because I've been making a week. Um, but also it was really, really intense. There's arthritis in my family. When I was working at the Opera House, we made for Carmen the most expensive dress in man hours um, because it had an incredibly long train. It had frills on both sides. And basically for three weeks, I was doing a rolled hem. And that was day in, day out. Um, so I think people don't often appreciate how physically demanding it is making costumes. Yeah, I just think that's a really, really interesting point to make about, um, you know, like you say, it being a bit of a busman's holiday. Um, to keep in mind that just because, um, you know, you don't have to be doing this specific thing to work in the industry, you can still be sort of involved in it in so many different ways, thinking about how your career develops, what other skills, you know, you're sort of learning throughout. You don't have to always stick with one thing. It's constantly developing. Um also, good note about work-life balance, um, you know, when the work is uh, perhaps not remaining as enjoyable as it was, thinking about what steps to take to, to manage that. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point to sort of uh, like take on. Um, I guess just to circle back now that you're sort of in that more managerial position, working with young artists, um, what is it that you look for when you're hiring? Um, just as a look, sort of bit of an insider look for our students, the things that they could be building on uh, to catch someone's eye early in their career from your point of view and your experience on how you hire. The industry that I work in now is extremely small. So there are a lot of people that know other people. So. I'd say for the students, it's breaking into that industry. Um, but what I'm talking about is prim primarily CGI. The fashion metaverse is now absolutely massive. And I think the future of that is, you know, you're going to be able to walk into a shop and then see on your phone yourself wearing whatever dress or outfit that you, you want to buy. So I think there's massive, massive opportunities in the CGI world that fashion brands are, are looking into. Adidas is really on top of their game. Um, Nike, there's, there's brands that are now merging because of the metaverse gaming and what you can actually, you're, what you'll be able to buy in games. Um, and then your avatars. 
So are you then in the future going to have to own your own avatar and have the IP? Um, or are you going to be buying an avatar, whether that looks the same as you or you want to have a different persona in, in the metaverse? Um, you know, all, all these things are, are different doors that are opening up to fashion students. But then also films are changing. I think, you know, the use of CGI in films. So you might have a basic costume that then goes into post-production after you've created it. You know, one of our projects was to to create a Victorian costume, which was then broken down, which was heartbreaking because, you know, you put all your heart and soul into an outfit, which you then had to destroy because, you know, you had to have a story behind what had happened to the character and, you know, whether the dress had been burnt in a fire or, you know, some some disastrous thing had happened. So, yeah, I think the world of fashion and probably the way costume is being taught it is very, very different. Different innovate, innovative ways of uh, looking at costume now. Um, you almost need to choose that a niche and and be passionate about one particular thing, um, you know, rather than being a generalist. We also did at Madame Tussauds a lot of 3D printing of, of jewellery and headdresses. And, um, you know, that that's a whole another angle that students could look at is 3D printing within TV, film, theatre costumes. Um, it's not always a cheaper option, but you could mass produce something so if you're doing a, a a show that's you know running for a couple of years you might want to design an item of armor that can be replaced every couple of months rather than you having to go back to the drawing board to create it again you're 3d printing something um so yeah i, I think i think the world of costume is just changing so much yeah it does sound like it um so I, I mean, I myself, my team would back it up. I'm a massive techn technophobe and whenever metaverse or AI is brought up in conversation, I immediately shut down. It just completely boggles my mind. I don't get it. But it does seem like it's becoming so much more sort of prevalent in the industry. And even just looking sort of at, at your CV or LinkedIn, um, the industry is changing, as we've seen, like through your different roles. Um, so it's sort of important for students to maybe not like myself, embrace that change and, like you say, sort of try and become expert in niche aspects of it. Um, what sort of skills and techniques do you think students, you know, other than being adaptable, because obviously, as we've said, the, the industry is changing. So what skills and techniques do students need to know to function in the industry? Um, I think to, tr just tr to try to be open to all these changes, because it is happening so fast. And like you say, it can be it can feel really, really daunting. Um, I'm not the techiest of people at all. Um, but when you're surrounded with experts, you know, that, that's part of my management role is I'm managing the team of experts rather than having to be an expert myself. Um, so I've got a, an understanding, a broad understanding of what everybody's doing, but I don't have to actually physically be doing that anymore. But then, you know, I have I graduated in 2000. So it's a long time ago now, um, but just to be really open to to ideas and ask loads of questions and just to take on information that people are giving you 
I think I did get to a point in my career where I thought I knew it all. And that was really, really the wrong attitude to have. And then I went back to London College of Fashion and spoke to one of the tutors. And she just happened to say to me, look, if you ever stop learning, it's time to give up. Because there is so much to learn in, in the costume world. You know, you think how broad costume is. Um, one person is never, ever going to know everything about costume. And you get people that are sometimes a bit guarded and, you know, don't want to share the information with you. But no one person can know everything. So it does need to be that collaborative environment where people are sharing information so that is one thing I would I would say to the students is, you know, don't be afraid of sharing what you your knowledge, because that's only going to help you at, at the end of the day. And a lot of projects that you work on have to be collaborative. So I think that's a, a real characteristic to to think about, you know, and, and, and don't get jealous if somebody else does know more than you because you'll know something that they don't know. Um, so. It is, it is all about that collaborative experience and you're going to get the best work at the end of the day if you do collaborate. You're not going to necessarily get on with everybody the whole time, but, you know, you've all got that main goal to to aim for. Um, so you can only get the best work if, if you do all work together in the best way possible. Yeah, it's a knowledge exchange. So rather than trying to skill up in every area, if you skill up in this in this smaller area become as good as you can be then yeah you work with other people who've done the same in a different area and actually then you've got a group full of really well trained well versed experts working together rather than everyone knows how to do everything but not not to the best degree necessarily so yeah mm. I guess if you've got an interest skill up in that and try try and be the best one at that and you'll um sort of attract other people who have done similarly and yeah I think that note you know you said it's a lot of times throughout the recording collaboration I think that is is such crucial advice working together you know there's never just one person working on a project it's it's a team effort everyone's names are on the credits um mm -hmm. so yeah pulling together pulling together the skills I think that's really really good sort of notes to take on board um so, and also yeah. give credit where credit's due with your team. Mm. You know, if, if somebody has done an amazing job, don't be afraid to tell that person that, you know, what you've done is absolutely fantastic because it's not going to reflect badly on you by giving somebody else a compliment, you know, and, and that will come back to you because, like you say, you will have a different skill to that person and you can then share that at another point. So it's hard. I, I did find that as it was a really, really hard lesson for me to learn. But I think once I had learned it, you know, that 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 is that was the key to to getting on better with people. You know, it's like saying, oh, you're wearing a nice shirt today. You know, you don't have to say that to that person. But actually, it makes them feel good. Um, you know, and it's just having pe people want to work with nice people. And people that they get on with so so that's also you know an, another point that um you know and i've heard that so many times in the celebrity world that people people get jobs because they are good to to work with and they're fun to work with you know so you get these niche groups of people that you know you'll always get asked back because it's a great collaborative experience for everybody involved mm. And yeah, everybody wants to enjoy their work, don't they? So yeah. nobody wants to be coming into work feeling miserable. 
No. And in an industry where it is very much like who you know, you want to be known as the person who's nice, not the person who is difficult to work with. So I guess, yeah, yeah if there's one thing people take away, be be nice to the people you're working with because it yeah. makes for a nicer yes. environment and also benefits <laughs> you long term. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, because it can be really, really long hours, you know, and you're sharing a lot of things with people that you're working with at different times of your life. So, yeah, it, it can be really really stressful and intense and as I say long hours where people are getting really tired and a bit you know down so you need other people to to lift you up to get through to to that delivery yeah well on the note of long hours I think we are coming to the end of um of our allotted time today so let's wrap up with Matty's last question and um any last comments that you want to make or any last things you want to share yeah um I mean, my I feel like my final question has been very much answered by you and and everything that you said. Um, but I mean, extremely insightful and also just really interesting. Um, you, like, what an interesting career! Like, uh, like props to you. Really cool. Um, I like. I, I mean, my final question was like, what advice or like, what is the one thing you would you would say to someone who was who was about to graduate and like take on the world of jobs and full time employment or like freelance? Um, and like what I don't know what what might be the one the one thing even if it's not advice even if it's um, encouragement or anything but like what's what's the one thing you would say to someone who's about to graduate the one thing I would say is don't work for free because it devalues the industry (laughs) it 100% devalues what we're doing I know sometimes people are really really tempted because they want to get that foot in the door but honestly it's not worth it and if you do it, then whoever is employing you will think, OK, will there be somebody behind you that will also work for free? So if do it while you're a student and you're still in full time education. But as soon as you've graduated, really resist working for free. You know, you've got the experience, you've got you've got your degree, you've got that experience on your belt. You've worked really bloody hard to get there. Just don't enter the industry without being paid. That is such such a good point. Yeah, we so always try and you know hammer that home to like to our students who you know come to Graduate Futures for for advice. Um, we have um, well yeah LCF has an internal job uh, jobs board. Nothing on there will be applied that is unpaid because you know yeah just got to value like yeah what our students and anyone in the industry is is adding to the industry. Um, so I think that's just. Yes, <laughs> there's just such such an important point to make. It's such, you know it's an industry where people are exploited all the time. So just not yes. allowing yourself to be one of those sort of early careers people who, like you say, just want the opportunity. Um, we've got loads of resources about negotiating with and you know with employers, uh, how to avoid exploitative employers. Um, so yeah, students definitely don't don't allow yourself to be taken advantage of because you've got. A lot to give, so don't sell yourself mm. short. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I I think basically that that's almost the end of it. Um, thank you so so much for joining us, Amy. That was, as Matty said, that was so just interesting, and insightful to listen to. I was sort of having to scrabble around to come back to my notes because I was spending too much time actually paying attention to what you were saying instead of uh, thinking about what needs to come next. <laughs> so thank you so much. You've had 
such such an exciting like career journey so listening about it has been you know a real pleasure and no doubt our students and graduates will really enjoy listening to the fruits of knowledge that you've you've shared with us today um so yeah thanks so much i hope you have also enjoyed uh no, sharing it's been a pleasure. yeah as, as i started off by saying anything that i can do to give back to the university because they were they, they've just been absolutely brilliant you know from the moment i walked through the door at lcf um it's been fantastic so i have stayed in touch with with you as my career's gone along um and come back and given talks and you know anything i can do to support your students more than happy so it's been a pleasure thank you very much for asking me to do this today